Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 52 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. The comfort which persons have obtained after their distresses has likewise, in general, appeared solid, well-grounded, and scriptural, arising from a spiritual and supernatural illumination of mind, a view of divine things in a measure as they are, a complacency of soul in the divine perfections, and a peculiar satisfaction in the way of salvation by free sovereign grace in the great Redeemer. Their joys have seemed to rise from a variety of views and considerations of divine things, although for substance the same, some who, under conviction, seemed to have the hardest struggles and heart risings against the divine sovereignty, have seemed at first dawn of their comfort to rejoice in a peculiar manner in that divine perfection and have been delighted to think that themselves and all things else were in the hand of God and that he would dispose of them just as he pleased. Others who, just before their reception of comfort, have been remarkably oppressed with a sense of their undoneness and poverty, who have seen themselves, as it were, falling down into remediless perdition, have been at first more peculiarly delighted with a view of the freeness and riches of divine grace and the offer of salvation made to perishing sinners without money and without price. Some have at first appeared to rejoice especially in the wisdom of God, discovered in the way of salvation by Christ, it then appearing to them a new and living way, a way of which they had never thought, nor had any just conceptions until opened to them by the special influence of the divine spirit. Some of them, upon a lively spiritual view of this way of salvation, have wondered at their past folly in seeking salvation in other ways, and that they never saw this way of salvation before, which now appeared so plain and easy, as well as excellent to them. Others, again, have had a more general view of the beauty and excellency of Christ, and have had their souls delighted with an apprehension of his divine glory, as unspeakably exceeding all they had ever conceived before. Yet, without singling out any one of the divine perfections in particular, so that, although their comforts have seemed to arise from a variety of views and considerations of divine glories, still they were spiritual and supernatural views of them, and not groundless fancies which were the spring of their joys and comforts. Yet, it must be acknowledged that, 
When this work became so universal and prevalent and gained such general credit and esteem among the Indians that Satan seemed to have little advantage of working against it in his own proper garb, he then transformed himself into an angel of light and made some vigorous attempts to introduce turbulent commotions of the passions in the room of genuine convictions of sin. Imaginary and fanciful notions of Christ as appearing to the mental eye in a human shape and in some particular postures, etc., in the room of spiritual and supernatural discoveries of his divine glory and excellency, as well as many other delusions. I have reason to think that if these things had met with countenance and encouragement, there would have been a very considerable harvest of this kind of converts here. Spiritual pride also discovered itself in very instances. Some persons whose feelings had been greatly excited seemed very desirous from thence of being thought truly gracious, who, when I could not but express to them my fears respecting their spiritual state, discovered their resentments to a considerable degree. There also appeared in one or two of them an unbecoming ambition of being teachers of others, so that Satan has been a busy adversary here as well as elsewhere. But blessed be God, though something of this nature has appeared, yet nothing of it has prevailed, nor indeed made any considerable progress at all. My people are now apprised of these things, are made acquainted that Satan in such a manner transformed himself into an angel of light in the first season of the great outpouring of the divine spirit in the days of the apostles, and that something of this nature, in a greater or less degree, has attended almost every revival and remarkable propagation of true religion ever since. They have learned so to distinguish between the gold and dross. That the credit of the latter is trodden down like the mire of the streets, and as it is natural for this kind of stuff to die with its credit, there is now scarce any appearance of it among them. As there has been no prevalence of irregular heats, imaginary notions, spiritual pride, and satanical delusions among my people, so there have been very few instances of scandalous and irregular behavior among those who have made a profession or even an appearance of seriousness. I do not know of more than three or four such persons who have been guilty of any open misconduct since their first acquaintance with Christianity, and I know of no one who persists in anything of that nature. Perhaps the remarkable purity of this work in the latter respect, its freedom from frequent instances of scandal, is very much owing to its purity in the former respect, its freedom from corrupt mixtures of spiritual pride, 
wildfire and delusion, which naturally lay a foundation for scandalous practices. May this blessed work, in the power and purity of it, prevail among the poor Indians here, as well as spread elsewhere till their remotest tribes shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Chapter 9 From the close of his public journal, June 19, 1746, to his death. Continuance of labor at Crossweeksung and Cranberry. Journey with six Christian Indians to the Susquehanna and labors there. Return to Crossweeksung. Compelled by prostration of health to leave the Indians. Confinement by sickness at Elizabethtown. Farewell visit to the Indians. His brother John succeeds him as a missionary. Arrival among his friends in Connecticut. Visit to President Edwards in Northampton. Journey to Boston, where he is brought near to death. Usefulness in Boston. Returns to Northampton. Triumphs of grace in his last sickness, death. June 19, 1746 to October 9, 1747. Lord's Day, June 29, 1746. Preached both parts of the day from John fourteen nineteen. God was pleased to assist me, to afford me both freedom and power, especially toward the close of my discourses forenoon and afternoon. God's power appeared in the assembly in both exercises. Numbers of God's people were refreshed and melted with divine things. One or two comforted who had been long under distress. Convictions in diverse instances were powerfully revived, and one man in years was much awakened, who had not long frequented our meeting and appeared before as stupid as a stock. God amazingly renewed and lengthened out my strength. I was so spent at noon that I could scarcely walk, and all my joints trembled so that I could not sit nor so much as hold my hand still. And yet, God strengthened me to preach with power in the afternoon, although I had given out word to my people that I did not expect to be able to do it. Spent some time afterward in conversing, particularly with several persons, about their spiritual state and had some satisfaction concerning one or two. Prayed afterward with a sick child and gave a word of exhortation, was assisted in all my work, blessed be God, returned home with more health than I had in the morning, although my linen was wringing wet upon me from a little after ten till past five in the afternoon, my spirits also were considerably refreshed, and my soul rejoiced in hope that I had, through grace, done something for God. In the evening, walked out and enjoyed a sweet season in secret prayer and praise. But, oh, I found the truth of the psalmist's words. My goodness extendeth not to thee, 
I could not make any returns to God. I longed to live only to him and to be in tune for his praise and service forever. Oh, for spirituality and holy fervency that I might spend and be spent for God to my latest moment. The sun would not behold the scene around was thrown. This concludes episode 52 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd. Brainerd.